Hello and welcome to another edition of Wise Council Weekly. I'm your host, Tanyan Farley, and I have my co-host Alex with me this morning. Alex, how are we doing? What's going on, man? How's it going? It's going good. And you guys might notice if you're watching on YouTube that we also have Bobby Dixon with us to start the show this morning. So, Bobby, how are you? Great, guys. Good morning. Good morning. So we have a special edition today of Wise Council Weekly. We are having a Q&A roundtable. So we got a number of questions over the last couple of weeks. We've tried to answer a few of them in the podcast episodes, but we've been trying to keep the episodes a little shorter, um, you know, because I know you guys are busy. So we decided to pull them all together this week into a Q&A episode. So we're going to have a little different format than normal. Uh, we'll go back to the normal setup next week. We have a great guest next week. Um, but today we're going to run through some Q&A, uh, get some thoughts from a couple different perspectives, and hopefully it'll help you guys out. So you guys ready? Do it, man. Absolutely. All right, cool. Let's rock. So first question, if you could choose only one, would you – continue to develop a strength you have or would you go and find a weakness you have and try and make that better oh that's a good question i mean me personally i'm going for weakness every single time i mean your strengths are already strong for a reason and something that you're already doing and probably not even aware of is continuing to you know make those strengths stronger so finding that weaknesses uh is definitely beneficial every single time especially in business and a personal sense you know um one thing you can do is just consider you know just the benefits of changing um you know set a specific goal for that for that weakness that you want to work on embrace that challenge of you know making this stronger becoming stronger in that aspect and then just be consistent from there forward um then it'll become a strength bobby you want to go next yeah yeah no alex i appreciate your answer and while i i do not disagree i'll offer a counter mm -hmm. a counterpoint to that i like it i like say, it uh, I'm, I'm gonna align with him i like I can it feel it already <laughs> I, I, I would say you know my philosophy is to develop strengths understand weaknesses right you know and 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 understand sort of the landscape right you know playing field if you will right and so think about a, a tennis analogy i don't think any great tennis player says you know uh, my my plan is to, you know, win this match by perfecting my backhand, right? You, you know, I, I think what they go into it saying uh, is how do I use techniques, strategies, et cetera, you know, so that I'm playing from a position of strength, right? You know, and controlling the match, you know, as best as possible. So I, using that sports analogy, I would say, you know, understand what your weaknesses are. Right. And un understand where your vulnerabilities are and understand what your inclinations are if you're put in a position of weakness or vulnerability, but develop your strength. Right. Uh, and then sort of try to, you know, control the situation or environment uh, to the extent possible that allows you to play to your strengths. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm going to align more with Bobby here, Alex. I'm sorry, man. I know you're my, my <laughs> I'm aligning with Bobby. So I have, I have kind of a two part answer here. So I think from a personal perspective, um, my feelings are a little different than a professional perspective. So I think from a personal perspective, your weaknesses, if there's something, um, you know, if you have some sort of addiction, if you have some sort of uh, part of your life that is seriously lacking, you have to address that. Like, I think that is a weakness personally, you have to address. Now, there's also, you know, in your personal life, there's strengths that you have, right? If you're funny, if you're well-spoken, if you're charismatic, continue to build on that, because that's going to take you a long way. But be very careful about evaluating what those weaknesses are and understanding there's, there's hard weaknesses that you have to address. Right. And then there's soft weaknesses that, Hey, you know, it's something that you should work on, but you, I agree with Bobby, 
your strengths will take you much farther from a professional sense. I think that you should always focus on your strengths because your strengths, I think is what gets you in your role and gets you promoted. So if you think about if I go in as a, um, you know, a, a project manager, or I go in as a, you know, a better, a better example would be, I go in as a, as a computer programmer, I don't need to know how to do financial modeling. And so if I spend all my time to grow a weakness that I have, that I might not be able to build a proper you know, cash flow uh, model, it's not going to help me in my career as a computer programmer. So I think you got to right. focus on, you know, whether it's personal or professional and then kind of dive into it. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I think, I think that was good takes from everybody. I, I like, I like it. I like this. I like this format, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked Bobby's tennis analogy. I was going to go with, the power pitcher analogy. So I was going to go, you know, a roll this Chapman throwing 104. He doesn't oh, need yeah. to worry about, right. you know, the accuracy yeah. of his yeah. changeup. Right. So right. I, I understand. All right. Next question. Uh, so obviously, um, and sadly, right, with a lot going on with um, the COVID outbreak, a lot of people have lost their jobs and are now taking on new opportunities. So the question is, how do we manage the overwhelming feeling of taking on a new job? So I think we've all taken on a new job and been excited about it, but also there's a ton of unknown. So how do you kind of manage that and, and move forward? That's a good one. One of you guys want to take that first? I'll go first. I'll go I'll first. I'm sorry. I, Alex looked at me like, I'm, I'm, I want you to go first. So I'm going to go first <laughs> this time. Uh, so for me, um, I think I get this feeling pretty often when it comes to going to a new client, right? So it may not be a new job, but it's a new environment. It's a new project. It's a new complex, you know, problem to solve. And so I think it is completely natural to go in the first day and go in thinking about, okay, there's a lot I don't know. And I think that's okay to admit, right? But you need to understand that first day that you're trying to learn, you're trying to learn from the people around you and you need to focus on what you're good at. Kind of go back to the last question, focus on what you're good at, good at and understand the culture around you, understand the goals around you. And don't be afraid to ask questions. I think asking questions, that first part will help kind of level you out because I mean, everyone else that's in that office has had the same feeling you have. And so I think going into that and knowing that, that you're not alone and everyone's kind of moved past that, I think is a, a great way to approach that. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think it's more a little bit personality based, honestly, if you're a more talkative person, a more, uh, you know, out there person that likes to meet people and likes to get to know people. I think that overwhelming feeling is a little bit less because you can go in there and assert yourself. You can go in there and ask questions. You'll feel comfortable doing that in that space to make sure that you're doing a good job at your new job. Someone like me, I'm a little bit more shy when it comes to certain times. So I don't, I go into, you know, hoping to do a great job and everything, but I'm also shy and I'm also don't want to mess up. And I also don't want to make a mistake for my new boss and things of that nature. So I think embracing a little bit of both and making sure you get out of your comfort zone in a sense to make sure that you're doing a good job to, you know, alleviate the overwhelming feeling of worrying about making a mistake here and there, but making sure that you're doing a good job and acceptable for everybody as a business. Sure, sure. So, you know, great answers. I'll, I'll just give you my perspective. You know, you know, for the last 10, 15 years of my career anyway, uh, I'm typically entering uh, somewhere new as a change agent, you know, for, for whatever reason. Uh, so the assessment, you know, is, is a little bit different. So for me, there's a couple of things. You know, I always try to find out, you know, you know, if I have a change agenda, right? You know, sort of, you know, per the agenda, um, you know, who are allies to that agenda? Uh, you know, who are adversaries you know, of that agenda, 
and kind of who's sort of neutral, right? You're going to fall into one of those three buckets, right? And then once I kind of understand, you know, who's in in which bucket, sort of the impact of those people within those buckets, right? Uh, The power and influence dynamic, right? You know, uh, of those buckets. Um, So that's kind of just an org assessment that I typically do that sort of is going to drive my overall effectiveness. Uh, And the other thing is kind of personally, as I try to, you know, pick a, uh, an area, it's kind of building on the first question of strength, sort of where I can add unique value. Yep. Right. You, you know, so to submit myself and my agenda with the people who are in the allies bucket, uh, potentially uh, move people from neutral, you know, to, um, to allies, mm-hmm. adversaries, I don't worry as much about, right. Uh, you know, just sort of make sure that I can neutralize them. Um, but that's kind of, you know, like I said, you know, because I'm entering organizations for the most part with a change agenda per someone in that organization, right? right. You know, it's communication and all those sorts of things are priorities. No, I think that's great. I think, especially from a change perspective, you definitely have to find those you know, change champions, if you will, that are going to help you and your endeavor succeed. So I think that's a great point. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the next question. So, all right. So this is kind of similar to the last one, actually, but I, I do like it. So what's the best way to stand out in your field of expertise? So think about this. This could be as an employee in a company. This could be as a personal trainer at your gym. This could even be as a, you know, if we're, if we have some young entrepreneurs out there working as a grocery sacker at the local grocery store, like how do I stand out and get noticed so I can move up the chain? I like that one. I mean, honestly, it goes right back to what Bobby just said with adding value. Um, in your field of expertise, um, being the person that stands out is somebody that's different, somebody that's doing not the norm, somebody that's being innovative, somebody that's creating change, you know, shaking the trees a little bit, but also achieving the same results that you're looking for. Um, just like you mentioned with a personal trainer. I mean, you, everybody knows you can go to a 24 hour fitness and, and, you know, find a trainer that tomorrow, like, like it's nobody's business, but you want that guy that's doing innovative techniques. You want that guy that's helping you gain muscle at a faster pace. You want somebody that's, that's you know, maybe putting out great content on their social media. So you can, it's something that you can watch and want to be entertained by while also, you know, they're achieving their goals in that field. So I think that adding value and, and bringing different content to that field is something that'll uh, be a change, be a big change for you. You want to go next, Great Bobby? Answer, yeah. You know, I, 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 I think, you know, this question is sort of the essence of what we do as a firm and as management consultants, right? And you've got process you know, on one side, which is just how do we do things bigger, better, faster, stronger than everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. And, and strategy, which is sort of not necessarily those things, but how you do things differently, as Alex mentioned, right? You know, and so I think, you, you know, you can go in, you know, and focus on being faster, better, bigger than everybody else. But the challenge there is at some point, there's always going to be someone faster, bigger, you know, stronger than you, right? You're capped, right, to a certain degree. So you can distinguish yourself a bit. However, right, if you go in and say, I'm going to be uniquely different, right, you know, and, and whether that's focusing on the strength, whether that's, whether that's taking something that seems to be an impactful task that no one wants to do, right, you know, or, or, or whatever it is, it's, just, it's just, you know, how do I go in, develop and deploy a strategy where I'm going to differentiate myself, right? And uh, because if you're different, it creates almost a barrier of entry to duplicate, right? Or replicate yourself as opposed to, like I said, just being, you know, I'm, I'm going to take this task or process and, and just be faster, you know, than everybody else. I mean, yeah. somebody's always going to be faster and slicker. 
Um, so, you know, different perspectives. No, I, I mean, I, I think I kind of am somewhere in the middle of y'all's perspectives and I kind of want to build on it. So I think for me, there's three, three elements to help you stand out, um, whether it's in the workplace or, or personally, right? And that's effort, attitude, and innovation. So I think about first one, effort. At the end of the day, you know, we've talked about this before on this podcast, and then we've all been told this in our life. You know, when you came in as an intern somewhere, the best way to get noticed was be the first guy in the office and the last guy out, right? Even if you're not, even if you're not in your mind doing anything productive, if you're contributing to that organization, you're showing the commitment and the effort. Same thing within you know, your friend group. If you're the guy that's like, hey, I'll make sure that XYZ is happening. I'll help with planning this. Like that's going to stand out. Attitude. I think you talked about Alex and so do you, Bobby. I think about it the same way that if you come in every day with an attitude that's like, Hey, I'm here to get better. I'm here to help this group get better. I'm held. I'm here to help the people around me, you know, come with me and get better. I think that's the way to go. I mean, I want a quick example. So I was talking with my mother-in-law, Leela Carlson, shout out Leela uh, last weekend. And we were talking about how it's been really difficult for their, she's the receptionist at the orthodontics practice. How it's been really difficult to deal with patients during this time because people don't want to wear masks. People don't want to be in that office. They feel confined. And so she talked about how like really sympath or empathizing with those people and trying to communicate with them on a basis of, Hey, these rules are not in place for me, right? These are in place by the state. These are in place by the people around me. I think her attitude in that has really helped. So I think that's a practical example. And the last one is innovation. So Bobby talked about this, but for me, like standing out is finding something that has an inefficiency, finding something that can be done better, finding a way to, to help. Right. I, I know Alex, we talked about a little about your retail background, but Alex found a way at his previous employer to streamline some operations and create a big savings for the company. I know that's what Bobby's done for you know, however many years. And that's what we strive to do professionally, but I think practically at your level, if you were, you know, we talked about earlier at a grocery store and you see, Hey, we're constantly running out of bags or the carts aren't coming back. What can you do to help make that better? Even if it's a system that you want to put in place or an idea to bring to your manager, I think that'll help you stand out. That was a good one. I think people are going to take nice. a lot from that. Yep. That was good. All right. Next question. What's the best way to learn and grow from rejection, i.e. being turned down for a job contract, et cetera? All right. Now it's my time to shine. <laughs> I've had a couple of rejections with some jobs here and there uh, before I landed on my feet here again. But uh, this kind of goes back to the, my answer for the first question with how I built on weaknesses. Um, I remember going to a few interviews with um, some other consulting firms and also some, uh, uh, one we just talked about earlier, Bobby, with um, when we sent me out on a couple of projects to do in Florida and just going through the interview process, it was some items on the agenda or some items and questions that the interview was asking me that I wasn't prepared for. And I was, that I didn't have the answers for and I didn't even know what some of the items were. I remember probably like four or five years ago, I went to a consulting interview and they asked about Python, which is like a, a programming for you know data analytics and and some some a little bit with Microsoft Azure I believe and had no clue what that what that was and they were mentioning it but I went home wrote it down as soon as I left that interview went and did my research on it went and studied it up a little bit and learned a little bit of it just like you know just on YouTube and, and Skillshare and different websites like that just to make sure next time that opportunity presented itself I was prepared um, and that's what I believe in building on a weakness and being able to learn and grow from that type of rejection so that you're prepared the next time. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll go next. I'll kick it back to you, Bobby. I mean, I, I, I personally have watched Alex grow because of that and become very good at managing projects and working on projects that includes elements that he just mentioned that he didn't know when he first started. And I think that's all of us, I think at some point go through a form of rejection, whether it's, um, you know, with a contract that you really want, uh, if, whether it's a job you really want. And Alex, I think you hit on the main thing, which is you didn't leave that interview or any of those interviews and go home and pout about it. Right. You went home with actionable items that you can follow up on to grow yourself and be better. I kind of think back to um, when we had Brian Cooper on a couple of weeks back and he talked about adversity and, and really how you can be resilient. And he talked about from each one of these you know, experiments, whether failed or positive, right? There's something to take away to bring into the next one. So I think from a practical level, right? If it's a job interview, it doesn't go well. Mm. Think about what caused that job interview to go well, right? Is it that you're trying for something that you're really not set up for? Is it something you don't know? And I think when you look at that, don't go home and be sad about it, right? Think about a way you can actually grow to make yourself better from that, whether it's in that profession or in something else. Great answers, guys. And, and, you know, I won't uh, reiterate them because I think they were great. I'll just offer a, sort of a, an alternative approach, which is, um, you know, as I've kind of experienced successes and failures, I, I've examined all the things that you mentioned, you know, but, but one thing that I've, I've sort of, you know, come across is this concept of seasons, right? You know, so think about my failures or, or sort of delayed uh, gratification, right, or, 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 or wins. And I, and I asked myself, you know, uh, if I would have won that opportunity, you know, at that point in time, and if I would have gotten that job, right, if I would have been put in this position that I wanted to, was I prepared, you know, uh, to, to do what I needed to do at that time? And often, you know, as I go through that kind of examination, the answer is, <laughs> you know, no. Right, right. right. Uh, you know, would have fumbled it, right? You know, or, or or fumbled it up so much that probably you know what was meant for good, you know, might end up being a bad thing. And so, one of my takeaways, in addition to everything you guys have said, is that there's seasons. And so, uh, uh, I, I, I've come to an understanding that, hey, it, it might not have been my season, you know, uh, to, to win that contract, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and. And so I'm going to grow in between seasons, either personally or professionally, uh, so that, you know, when it comes back around, uh, you know, be in a much better, you know, position to capitalize on the, on the opportunity. Right. You know, so I, I agree and echo everything you guys have said in terms of lessons learned. Uh, and I'll just say that sometimes a perspective, you know, helps me, which is you know, understanding that, Hey, you know, maybe that wasn't the right time and season, you know, for that opportunity. Yeah. I think, I completely agree. Number one, number two, I love the use of the seasons um, analogy. That's a big Eric Thomas, ET, the hip hop preacher kind of fundamental uh, pillar. And I know I've listened to a lot of his stuff and you know, he talks about there are seasons of life that you go through and the people of around you go through, and maybe they're not in the same season as you, but you need to kind of look at that. Right. So I think that's a great one. And if for the folks that are listening, if you haven't listened to any of Eric Thomas's stuff, Go check it out. ET, the hip hop preacher on Instagram, on Twitter. He's got some great YouTube videos. I think one of his greatest lines is about uh, you've got to want to be successful more than you want to breathe. And I, I think that's a great one. There's a great video on that. So go check that out. All right. So last question of the round table. So what tips or what, what are your tips for overcoming the fear of public speaking or speaking in front of clients, employers, et cetera? This is a good one. I mean, this one's tough, right? I think Alex, I'm gonna let you go first because 
for those of you that don't know, when we first started this podcast, Alex was telling me how he didn't like public speaking and speaking in front of people. So we just kind of tossed him in the fire here. So Alex, why don't you talk about how you've gotten this point? I hate it. I still hate it. But <laughs> I, I mean, I know in my career um, so far, it's, it's, it's something that comes literally on a weekly basis at, at some point. Um, and going to Rice University, they prepared us pretty well just to be prepared for something like that. And the tips they kind of gave was, you know, one mainly being just kind of do a little rehearsal for yourself if you're not comfortable. Like, like I said before, I'm, I'm shy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a slightly an introvert at times, but I know I need to network and public speak at a lot of, a lot of moments in my, in my life. So one is probably just, like I said, rehearse, kind of write down what you're going to say, kind of rehearse it in the mirror. If you can go to the presentation room where you're going to do a presentation that kind of go up there, stand where you're going to be, uh, visualize how you're going to look around at the room and presentation, uh, you know, even with the with the PowerPoint, work on the clickers and stuff like that, just to make sure everything's smooth, transitions, um, things of that nature. And just like this podcast, just do it. You know, that's the only way you're going to get better at it. Just go out there and do it talk in front of people, hey, you know, host a game night with your friends and you just be the, the moderator for the night, you know, just try to get in front of people, do a little bit more just to help you focus on, you know, achieving that weakness. Yeah, no, I, I think that's dead on and I'll go next, Bobby, then I'll kick it to you. So I think for me, really with this, the fear, uh, the fear you conjure up is way more than the actual thing, right? So your build up to it is really what causes the fear. But I do think Alex you hit on a key thing, which is you have to understand what your approach is going to be because not everyone approaches public speaking the same way or the, like, for example, for this podcast, mm -hmm. right? A lot of this stuff um, I jot bullets for and talk from, and Alex does a lot of research on a lot of this stuff and is really, his thoughts are really well constructed beforehand. And so I think you have to kind of test that out in your public speaking setting. So if it's yeah. with your family, if it's with, you know, your spouse or your partner, or it's, you know, with a client, whatever it is, like, I think you need to figure out what your groove is and then move from there. Cause once, once you figure out what your groove is, you know how the flow of it's going to go guys. We've been, I've been doing this for a while. Bobby's been doing it for longer than I have, but I know that for me, I think about public speaking or meeting with a client or, or speaking on this podcast very much. Like I used to approach the first play of a football game, which is you're nervous, your toes are shaking everything and you get on the field. And the first time you hit someone, everything goes away, right? Okay. You are, you are back to, okay, I'm settled in. I know what my role is. I know what my skills are. And this is how I can move forward from there. So that's how I would approach it. I would say, you know, do some test runs on a best way to prepare for it. And then just like you said, Alex, you just got to practice it. And once you kind of find your groove of what your cadence is like in those, um, you'll be a lot more settled in. Great answers, guys. Y'all are on it today. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what else I could add other than, um, so the question is overcoming fear, right? And, and I think you guys adequately addressed it, you know, so again, maybe a different perspective, which is harnessing fear, right? You, you know, and, and so, um, you know, it's not the absence of fear sometimes that you'll create in this case, you know, around public speaking and that sort of thing, but it's, you know, given that fear, how do you harness it in, in, in a positive way? I was watching uh, an interview of Mike Tyson of all people. Supposedly he's making some comeback or something, but you know, they were interviewing him, an old interview, and, and they were asking, I mean, this is one of the most feared, if not the most feared knockout artist of all times, right? And then and um, they were asking him this question about fear, you know, and he actually said, Mike Tyson said, I have fear before every fight, 
right? Uh, you know, part of that is just the respect of opponent, right? You know, so in the case of this discussion, it's just the, it's the respect of the <laughs> of the job, right? You're yep. speaking in front of people. You know, you got you to gotta respect that, right? You know, so, but with that fear, he says he, he harnesses it, right? You know, uh, and it helps him kind of hone his skills, um, uh, facilitate his rage, whatever it is, Mike Tyson's got a channel, right? You know, it can yeah. knock people out in 30, 40 seconds or whatever. So, so again, agree with everything you guys said. It would just say, you know, the other aspect of fear is just harnessing it and using it for your good, right? And, 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 and understanding, hey, I may not ever overcome this. You know, some, some of the greatest public speakers, right, uh, uh, never, never enjoyed it. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, Dr. King, um, you know, if you, if you research, you know, kind of things about his personality and that sort of stuff, an extreme introvert, right. You know, and, 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 and certainly, you know, at the end of, um, you know, his life was, was, uh, was dealing with, uh, you know, depression and, and some of the things that were going on, you know, in his life in the context of the day, uh, but in those states, right. You know, delivered some of the most profound and prolific, <laughs> you know, and poignant, right. you know, speeches, uh, you know, in the history of mankind, right? You know, so it's just, a, it's a harnessing of those things, right? You know, to be effective. So, no, it's great, great discussion, uh, well-rounded answers. Uh, hopefully we've offered a few perspectives, you know, around these great questions, Tanya, that people can consider. So, you know, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And thank you for, for joining the round table. I know it's a little longer than your in your normal segment, but I appreciate you joining. I think the thing that I really liked about these questions this week from our, from our listeners was all of these are actionable items. These are things that apply to your life. This isn't how do I move my hundred million dollar corporation to $200 million, right? This is very much, I can apply at every single level. Mm -hmm. And this is the kind of content that I know I wish I would have had 10 years ago, right? I know that the podcast industry has boomed since then, but I think hearing this kind of stuff is great. So uh, next week, we'll be back to our normal setup uh, with the episode. We got a great guest coming on, um, have some great questions. So keep sending your questions in. Uh, you can send them to us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, uh, to our email at info at AthenianConsulting.com. Whatever works best for you. We've been getting a lot on LinkedIn, so keep it up. Um, so guys, as always, take time to breathe and focus on your current situation. Adversity breeds ingenuity. And Alex? And wise counsel leads to sustainable results.